Welcome, everyone, to the L7C Podcast Wrestling Edition. Today, we have a very special podcast. We are recording right after NXT War Games just concluded, and we're like, let's just get on right after and get this going. And when you're talking wrestling, you got to have the expert, Jacob Mason. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm pumped up. I'm wide awake. I'm ready to do this. Let's oh, let's make it happen. Let's let's make it happen. So today, guys, we're going to be talking about war games that literally just concluded five minutes ago. We're going to be talking about the past Wednesday AEW's big. I don't know if I want to call it a pay per view type regular episode on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be talking about some comments CM Punk made and an interview that Triple H had. But before we review. War Games, we're going to actually take a little minute to express our condolences to Pat Patterson's family. Uh, Pat Patterson, the first Intercontinental Champion, the man who created the Royal Rumble, the first openly gay wrestler. Um, he wrote the book, accepted how the first gay superstar changed WWE. He passed away a couple of days ago. So had to start off with that. Rest in peace to the legend, Pat Patterson. With that being said, Pat Patterson would definitely want, he would say the show must go on. So we are going to have a very good podcast in honor of Pat Patterson. So let's go. War Games. Uh, we had a one, two, three, five match card. You had the men's war games, the women's war games, the North American Championship match, uh, Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes, and Timothy Thatcher versus Tomasa Chapa. I think we're just going to review it in the way that the matches went. So the first match was the women's war games. You had Team Shotzi, Shotzi Blackheart, Amber Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. First Team Candice, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. Jacob, what did you think of this match? Oh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. It was not match of the night, but... Uh, going into this, I picked Team Candice to win it because I think they needed the win more than Team Shotzi's. Mm-hmm. Team Shotzi did. Oh, I, I love this match. It, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. I have I have a few complaints. Okay. What, what what did you think of the match? Before I even get into my complaints, I thought that one of the war games matches had to start the night. Because you couldn't just have a war games at the end and war games in the middle, or if you were going to be crazy, have them back to back. So the women got the ones to start the night because we knew the men were going to be in the main event. And I thoroughly, I did really like this match. I saw a lot out of Tony Storm actually. I mean, she hasn't wrestled in a bit, but I saw a lot out of her. Uh, the way that they were trying to keep the champ Yo Shirai out of the ring as long as possible, I thought that was really good. And it was hard hitting. Uh, there were some big shots. And I did. I liked and hard hitting is going to be the theme for this uh, pay per view. But I did. I did like it. Team Candice needed it more, um, because obviously they're the heel team. And we thought a couple podcasts ago Candice or I was going to be the women's champion, but she is not. So they needed it more. So it makes sense for the heel team to win this one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, looking at it. 
Team Shotzi, three out of the four were uh, champions. Mm-hmm. So on paper, Team Shotzi should have won, but really, Team Candace needed it. Uh, the only champion they've had that was on Team Candace was Tony Storm. She was the UK Women's Champion for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know my uh, my complaints about the match. And this is just nitpicking because the match was really good. It was just little stuff I noticed. At the one point, there was uh, three women from Team Shotzi, three women from Team Candace in the ring, and they had all three or uh, all six women were up on a corner turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. And you could the one thing that bothered me is. You could tell the side that was on the left was waiting for the side on the right to get all together. And then you heard Ember Moon count down like three, two, one, go. And they both did like a big move off the top corner. Hence the moves looked cool, but you could just tell like they're just waiting. Like the timing was off. That's nitpicky stuff. Uh, Let's see. What else bugged me on that one? Um, EO. So I did like how they were trying to keep EO out of the match, like you said. great because eo is the technically the the biggest baddest woman in nxt right now right um so yeah try and keep her out of the match the problem with that the one thing i didn't like about that was they had eo climbing the the side of the cage trying to get into the match Mm -hmm. which i don't think oh and then well yeah she was climbing the cage to get up to the top um and I forget who it was. Um, what was that? I think she kicked her or like kicked the, the cage or there was someone in the cage. I cannot remember exactly which thing. There's been a bunch that's happened the night mm-hmm. um, and knocked her off. It looked good, but it showed her trying to climb to the top. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to later, you have EO at the top of the, the ring. Therefore, it really wasn't that much of a surprise. She was trying to climb to the top of the cage because she already did it once before. I think they shouldn't have done that spot. I think they should have just showed EO at the top of the cage at the end, not showed her when she first tried getting into there, trying to climb the side because it would have looked better. Although I, I did love the fact that she threw a trash can over herself and dived in the people. And I, for one, I don't know how you feel about it. I hate that spot. Oh, the trap! I I hate where they jump, either out of the ring or wherever, and they catch them. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. They need. I don't. Know I that's fucking. I hate it. It's so predictable. Yeah, because I I've I've said it a million times. CM Punk has said it. There's a ton of people that have said it. Why would you catch your opponent? You're trying to win walk out of the way and let them just fall right on their face. That would make sense. And none that spot never makes sense. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else bugged me. Um, Shotzi, at one point in the match, uh, got hit with a pipe wrench by Candice LeRae and got right up. Like she didn't get hit with a pipe wrench. Now, if you're going to have what, if you're going to have weapons in matches, uh, like I'm, I'm okay with it as long as you're not doing it constantly. I'm good with the whole like foreign object thing. But you got hit with a pipe wrench. I'm six foot two fifty. You hit me with a pipe wrench. 
my fat ass is going down. I'm not getting back up. <laughs> Shotzi, I'm sorry. You're taking a real hit. And I'm saying that finger quotes here. You're taking a real hit with a pipe wrench. You're not getting back up. But she got right up you know, and just kept doing her thing like it didn't happen. That killed me. Mm-hmm. And something else that bothered me with the um, foreign object thing. Right in the beginning, there was a, it looked like a mini sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. It was like foam. It, it, I don't even oh, think it was. Mini it skidded over. across the ring so many times. Like it was nothing. I'm like, like, uh, I get you're not going to have a real, you know, sledgehammer in there, but you can't even protect it. Like you can't even act like it's real. Like the, the, the thing is clearly whoever it's the prop person sucks. <laughs> that was not good. But those are all like super nitpickety things. And that's just because this match was that good. Hey, I'm going to nitpick it. The women, too, also brought in a lot of weapons. I think they brought a lot more in than the men did. Oh, 100%. That's what what I thought. Yeah, the only thing, I guess, with nitpicking, with me personally, that you haven't, that you already brought a lot of good points, but the finish, uh, what is her name? Raquel Gonzalez got the pin over the champ Io Shirai. I was not expecting the champ to get pinned here since she's been so dominant. And then I thought, well, if the end goal is to have Johnny and Candace have the title belts, I thought that maybe Candace should have been the one to get the pin since she's the captain. And then if she pinned Io, you could do something that they could have title matches again. But with Raquel... Um, getting the pin because obviously everyone remembers she had her feud with Rhea Ripley earlier a couple months ago. So now with her pinning ego, she's more than likely going to be the number one contender. Well, potentially for the title, which would be interesting. I thought it should have been Candice, but that was just my nitpicking of that match. So, were you a fan or not a fan of the the finish of them winning or Raquel pinning oh, with with Raquel? Um pinning EO. Um, I'm indifferent because, I mean, the end goal is for Candace to finally win this title. And I thought this would have been a perfect way to, she could have came on Wednesday saying, I pin the champ, I pin the champ, blah, blah, blah. But with Raquel pinning her, she poses a big imposing threat to EO. I don't know if they're going to put the title on Raquel because, I mean, she can't. I've never heard her speak. So, I'm indifferent. I just I'm glad that Team Candace won because they're the ones who needed it. So, yes. So that, anything else before we go to the next match? No, I um I I'm with you. I wish Candace would have won, would have got the pin for the win. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with Ra- Ra- Raquel getting it because when we initially talked about her months ago, yeah, um, it was who the hell is this person and why do I care? Yep. You're right. well, now you've officially answered the question. Like you did, like I know she beat Ray Ripley and whatnot or had those matches with her or whatever happened there. But now I know Raquel Gonzalez. Oh, she pinned EO Shirai. Yeah. That's yeah. who the hell she is. And that's why I care. Like, good job. They answered that question. Like should have been someone else. Yes. But if you're going to do that, at least I think they if it wasn't going to be Candace, Raquel would have been a great option. Right. Agreed. I think it would have been the number two option. 
Agreed. And we're just going to see how that goes going from here. The next match was that Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa. That was the next match. Yes, that was. And actually, before we even get into that, there is something else I have written down here. I forgot to say about the women's match. At one point, Candice, it was uh, Shotzi and Candice. They were going at it with each other. Candice, you could clearly see she pulled a chair on top of herself. Oh, yep. I know that spot. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. So she pulled a chair on top of herself because I was like, you can clearly see her doing that. And Shotzi jumps off a ladder and lands on Candace. And I'm like, God, why that? Why would Candace do that? That looks really stupid, blah, 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 blah. That was just bad timing. But to the rescue was Wade Barrett. Good job to Wade Barrett. Because he said, oh, she pulled the chair up so she could give damage to Shotzi Blackheart. She knew she was going to take damage, but she gave it right back and whatever he said. But he made that very bad spot look, oh, okay, there's a reason she did this. Good job, Wade Barrett. You're right. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, Wade Wade really saved it there. But yeah, let's go into Timothy versus Tommaso Chapo. This obviously was for no belt. This is just, this again, hard hitting is going to be the word. These are two hard hitting dudes. Middle of the ring, no bullshit, nothing. I actually enjoyed watching this match, probably because it was just two dudes going at it to see who's the better guy, and it was pretty physical. And I mean, I liked it, and Ciampa coming out on top, and I feel like they're not done with each other just yet. What did you think when you watched it? My uh, when, when I watched the match, of course, my first question again was, who the hell is Timothy Thatcher, and why the hell do I care? <laughs> I still don't care. I still don't know who he is. I still don't. I I just don't care. Um, To me, this was the not saying it was a bad match. It just it didn't catch my eye. This was probably my least favorite match of the entire evening. Even with the blood um, of Timothy's ears. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, uh, like it. It was just. I just really do not like Timothy Thatcher. <laughs> I just, I just don't. I I don't know shit about him. And I just, I just don't like. I don't like him, and I think maybe that was it. I was just like, I was glad to see Champa got the win. I was very good with that, but I just, I just don't care about Timothy Thatcher. From that, we're just gonna, yeah, <laughs> we'll just go to the next match. I guess it's just, you know, he came in when Pete Dunn was stuck overseas when no one could travel, and filled in for Pete Dunn's spot when he was teamed with Riddle, and now he runs his little school and. Now we're here with that, but let's see. Maybe they'll be giving you something to think about going into 2021. Uh, next match was the North American Championship match. Uh, Leon Ruff, champion coming in versus Gargano and Damian Priest. Uh, Leon Ruff, I think they said he was like 5'8", or if that, 150-something pounds. And me personally going in, I said, there's no way he's uh, keeping the title. And... Now he's Johnny three time because Johnny Gargano came out with a win as the new North American champion. What did you think of this match? I like this match. I like this match a lot. Probably I was evening, but I like it. I I'm glad to see Johnny's the champion again and they'll be able to continue on with the uh Johnny Gargano versus Damian Priest saga, which I'm good with. I like this rivalry. Yeah, I actually really like Damian Priest a lot. I was actually personally pulling for him because I felt like his title run ended abruptly 
But yeah, this match was really good. Leon, it's just, it's hard to take Leon serious just because of like, you see Johnny Gargano and then you see Damian Priest, and that's the point. And then you see little Leon, who looks like a middle schooler compared to the two of them. But he put in his effort, and his championship only lasted, what, two weeks, if that? Yeah, two weeks. But he's in the record books, so. He is in the record books. So, I mean, yeah, Johnny winning. Now we you, you continue that rivalry with Damian, and you also continue the uh, Gargano family takeover. So that's still, we're still waiting for that shot where they stand over NXT, both of them holding titles. Oh, yeah. And now we have uh, Austin Theory, who was revealed to be one of the Mm -hmm. screen face ghost, whatever dudes. And because he cost Damian Priest the title by hitting him in the back of the head with a steel pipe. Mm -hmm. And he had the call back to the it was me, Austin. It was me. all Oh, I loved it. It was great. That was a nice callback to the old school wrestling fans. If you remember the attitude era when that happened, but the next match you want to talk about your match. You didn't care about. This was a match. I personally didn't care about Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes in a strap match <laughs> where most of the match. They weren't even strapped. Cameron Grimes had no chance of winning this match whatsoever. So Dexter came out on top on that. I would just say with Dexter. I don't know if he's ever going to be like the number one contender for an NXT title, but he seems like the type of guy where he would show up on a Raw after WrestleMania, attack somebody, have a little funny feud, and then just be forgot about if he ever got to the main roster. What'd you think of this match? I love this match. Really? Oh, dude, I, I liked it. I was entertained by this match. I'm entertained by Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. Um, I think Dexter Loomis, I think if they if they would use him right, I could see him as a champion in a heartbeat. Wow. I want to see more Dexter Loomis on television. I want to see him go after a title. I although they could continue the Dexter versus Cameron Grimes rivalry, I think it's hilarious. I've laughed every time and not like Ha ha, this is terrible. Like, no, I I thoroughly am entertained by this. And if if I'm being entertained, I'll take it. I can look past a lot of flaws if I'm being entertained. I mean, prime example there, and I know I'm one of the few people who like this gentleman, but give me Otis. <laughs> I I love the whole Otis Mandy thing. Why? Because it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It was good entertainment, not bad entertainment. So to me, give me Dexter, give me Cameron Grimes. I like the match. Well, before we go to the main event, your man Dexter, he might get fed to who we think is a returning uh, Karrion Cross. Yes. Well, I don't think he's going to get fed because I think I was just I mean, was that towards, was his little promo thing towards Dexter? No, I don't think it was towards anyone. I just think it was where they placed his promo. But, I mean, with him coming back, that means obviously Scarlet's coming back. So, it'll be interesting to see right now. Finn Balor's a champ. Uh, Cross won the title off Keith Lee and then had to drop it literally like the next day because he got hurt, which that always sucks and messes up plans. So if he's going after Finn, he's, 
He's going to have to be careful. The Prince is on another level right now as well. So that will be a... Oh, I think I think to look to the future, I think we need to look towards the past. Okay. I, call, I said this a long time ago on a podcast. <laughs> Give me Karrion Cross versus Demon Balor at Mania. And it's starting to look like we could possibly get that. Yeah, they let NXT get on a WrestleMania card. Well, not at Mania. I mean, on their, weekend. on the yeah the the WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Because God, don't put it on Mania because it'll actually suck. Then no, just give me the good takeover. It's looking. I think that very well could be an option now. So I'm excited for Karrion Cross to come back. He's just going to tear. He's just going to tear everything up when he gets there. And it's going to be good. We're going to see because Karrion had his little thing. And obviously Finn Balor. Anytime Finn Balor's doing the black and white sitting in the chair promos, I am here for because each one is just fire. He's just after this little stuff's done, we're coming back to the real prize. See you on Wednesday. Like when he's doing those silhouettes, it's, it's great. But let's I agree. Let's get to it. Main event, you already know the players. Men's war game. Don't even have to name all four of them. You know them as the undisputed era. And they're going up against Pat McAfee, Pete Dunn. Danny Birch, Owen Lorkin, Jacob, was this your favorite match of the night? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I was going with the Kings of NXT. That's who my prediction was. Because the, the promo or the video package they had for this Which match was great. So freaking good. Mm-hmm. Oh, this can, this can go down as one of the best video packages. Probably going to rewatch it when we're done. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so who was your pick in this match? Because I, I was going with the Kings of NXT. I, I went with Undisputed Era only for the reason because they lost last year. And I don't think they're going to have them two years in a row losing. You can't, call, you can't call something your match that you made famous for if you keep losing in it. That was the only reason I picked them. Fair enough. Fair enough. Funny enough, I was wearing my Undisputed Era hoodie <laughs> and rooting for the opposite team during this match, so whatever. Um, I love this match. The build-up was good. The match was good. Everything was good. Big brain right here. Uh, to quote Pat McAfee, big brain, this was awesome. So good. And even the thing, too, with the finish, what everyone expected Adam or Pat to get the pins, but it wasn't uh it was uh, it wasn't Adam, it was Kyle O'Reilly who got the pin. So that was cool to see, because you know, typically you expect the leaders to do it, but that was great seeing someone else get the pin. Oh, it it was very good. What they're they're really pushing uh Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, they are. Which is always a good thing. But man, watching this entire match, watching it go to the end. With Kyle O'Reilly um, getting, or who did he pin again? Uh, I think it was one of the tag team. I think it was Danny or Owen. Oh, I think it was one of the tag team champs. It was Oni. He pinned Oni. That was it. Really pushing him. It really brought back my, like my old go-to favorite thing for this because just with everything going on, yeah. it's it's that time again. I think. I think it's time we we dusted off 
I think we start climbing the hill and we prepare to die on it once again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jacob Mason's bold prediction hot take is Undisputed Era is going to dissolve. Here's my take. Here's what I think. Um, in the promo package, uh, there was a lot of talk about how Pat McAfee was throwing out big bucks, big money to get these guys on his side for his faction. It's a money-making faction. Mm-hmm. Pat McAfee's going to look at this. He's This is how they'll portray it out here. Pat McAfee's going to take a step back, look at the situation, and go, okay. I can't beat the Undisputed Era. Therefore, I'm going to buy the Undisputed Era. Therefore, I think he's going to buy Kyle O'Reilly. And I think you're going to see Kyle O'Reilly turn on the Undisputed Era. Ladies and gentlemen, it is back. Jacob Mason's Undisputed Era is falling apart edition. We, we, we lost Lana. I think la- like Lana was our last thing on the last podcast. So now we need to bring this back. We need to fill a spot here. That's my take. I will say, if they do it perfectly, like you're not expecting it, it can be up there with with Triple H and what Evolution did with the Shield. And Triple H said there's always a plan B, and Seth Rollins turned on the Shield. It, it, it that would be wild if it happens with the Undisputed Era, because everyone will be looking at Kyle. Because I think it'll be Kyle. Kyle's going to win and not to win, so we'll try and buy him off first. That would be crazy. Yeah. But, but it would be good. Oh, yeah. I'd be... Oh, Jaws drop. Jaws would drop, and I would be happy, and we'd do an emergency podcast just to say I was right. Yeah. Be all about it. That's true. What did you think of uh, Pat, the second match? Pat is going in one of my top five. At the end of the year, when we do our tops of the year, Pat's going to be there at... It, the, not the tippy top, but he's going to be top five. Pat McAfee is the freaking man. I thought he moves good. I thought he did good. Uh, he wrestled better than a lot of wrestlers. Oh boy! And we, we're going to talk about his promo work in a bit. Let's be real. I thought it was good. Okay. He did a beautiful swanton. He did a beautiful moonsault. Of course, his kicks always look good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pat McAfee is a freaking man. I, I I thought he did good. What do you think? Oh yeah, he did good. I thought the moment where I thought that this when the match was about to be over when Adam hit his finisher on him and he kicked out at two. And I was drinking a Gatorade and I'm just like, wait, did he just kick out? He kicked out of the Panama. Was it the Panama City Sunrise or yeah, Sun? I actually really like that move too. And like when oh, I was awesome. And then when I saw him kick out and Adam looked back, he's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like that. There's no way he should have kicked out. But in the second match, Pat's doing a lot of good stuff. And like you said, we're going to talk about his promo work in a bit. So with War Games, five matches, three hours, good time, great matches. What would you give the card rating? Oh, I'd give it a four out of five. Are we are we going on a five scale? We'll go. We'll do the Dave Meltzer five scale. Yeah, I'll give it a four out of five. Agree, agree. I would give it a four out of five. Me personally, I think I would give it like a four point four five if Candice got the pin, because that would set up so much more stuff. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree, buddy. 
All right, well, let's let's switch from, from this Wednesday night type show to the other Wednesday night type show. We got AEW, which basically had a pay-per-view on live TV this past Wednesday with the headline, John Moxley um, going against Kenny Omega for the championship. And, Jacob, I'm going to let you take this away. Go ahead and talk about this. Uh, when this past Wednesday, what happened? The title match and all the other with AEW. Okay, so let's let's just talk about the title match first. Yeah, um, because there were two very big things that happened on this past Wednesday. Both, in my opinion, well, I'll say probably the 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 Moxley Kenny thing mm-hmm. match was probably the biggest and just very insanely close by a hair, followed by the second thing. But we'll start off with the Kenny. John Moxley, they had their title match. The match was good because, of course, it was. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Take my money. Except I didn't have to pay anything. I just had to watch. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the match, Kenny Omega pins John Moxley, takes him out, takes a ton of V triggers. Or a micro or a micro he gets hit with a microphone, gets a ton of V trigger, knee strikes, finished off with the one wing angel. Your new champion, ladies and gentlemen, is Kenny Omega. Did you have Omega winning when we previewed this two weeks ago? I I think I said I could see it going either way. Yeah, it was a if I remember correctly, because I was like, I thought someone might have came in there and tried to screw it up Mm -hmm. for either one of them. Um, I, yeah, it's you'll. I'll take whatever. Either either way of which which way it would have went would have been good. That's the best part about it because that's that's how you book good wrestling. Anyways, Kenny Omega wins. Don Callis, who's the president of TNA, president or owner of TNA. Mm-hmm. Long story short, he comes out. He's on commentary. He comes out to the ring. Kenny Omega, he announces Kenny Omega is going to be on TNA this Tuesday. Yeah. So, uh, now, with that, because I know, I'm pretty sure I know the other second biggest thing. I had to split into three big things. The okay. Event, the, the WTF, no one saw coming who showed up, and this part, because this is literally what we were talking about two weeks ago about uh, intercompany relation, like promotion relationships and things like that. And when he said Kenny is pulling up on Tuesday on Impact, and Kenny's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be there," I was like, "Oh, we just talked about this two weeks ago. We're gonna have a TNA AEW working relationship too, and they're working with New Japan." I was like, "Oh, this is some. This could be big." Oh, this this is going to be this is going to be massive. This could be the biggest, like, because this is the craziest way to close out 2020. Mm-hmm. The beginning of 2020 was COVID hit, and we've been in the COVID era of wrestling. We're now leaving 2020 with all these other people, all these other companies are now starting to team up to do shit. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, what the hell is going on? I love it. Who's the top guy at TNA? I even don't even know who the top man is. The tough, honestly, 
I don't pay attention to their men's division. Yeah, I yeah. pay more attention to their tag division and their knockouts division. Yeah, I haven't really because um, right now the top people in in TNA that I care about is the Good Brothers. You have Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, yeah, who are yeah. the tag champions. You have Deanna Perrazzo, who yeah. yep. is the knockouts champion. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a lot of things you can do here with this. Oh, Rich Swan. Rich Swan is the champion, the men's champion right now for uh, TNA. So when uh, Omega comes to TNA, because they'll probably open the show or end the show, and you have Rich Swan coming in with his title, and they're like, all right, title for title match. Oh, my God. The ramifications that would have on the wrestling world would be massive. Well, let's not forget um, Kenny Omega is still, if I remember correctly, he's still the AAA yeah. champion right now. For those who do not know, AAA is like Mexico's version of WWE. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's their top guy. I don't even think he shows up. I think he Brock Lesnar's it. I have no idea. <laughs> but I do know he's a champion. Yeah, it, it's, it's wild. And, and we literally just talked about this on our last pod about promotions working together if we get all these people mixing it it's gonna be great but let's talk about the other biggest thing that no one saw coming on tna which to be honest social media wise overshadowed the news we just talked about of omega winning was hall of famer sting coming on AEW. jacob what the hell was happening I got to say, hearing um, Tony Schiavone go, it's Sting, <laughs> gave, me, gave me chills. Gave me absolute chills because I went from being 28-year-old Jacob to 6-year-old Jacob and hearing him say, it's Sting on WCW. And I'm going, oh my God. Yeah. Sting just shows up. Uh, it was uh, Cody and Darby Allen. Or let me that. Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen versus Team Taz. And at the end of the match, out comes Sting. And he stares down Arn Anderson. He stares down Cody Rhodes and he stares down Darby Allen. And walks and basically walks off. That's that's the gist of it. And this coming Wednesday. Sting will speak on AEW. This has been the this has been a wonderful week for wrestling. This this has been the best week of wrestling since the beginning of the year. I'd say this has been amazing. Yeah. So with Sting's thing, oh, obviously I forgot to say that AEW's the Winter is Coming episode, you know, from Game of Thrones, and you had Sting come, so that was wild. And I was just reading, this is off sports, Kita, that is, Sting's contract expired in May. And that's when rumors, which, you know, and these rumors that he potentially could go to AEW. And it's not even that he showed up for a one-time thing, and like you said, he's speaking next, this week. But he also signed a multi-year deal with AEW. Uh, Tony Khan, this is from Dave Meltzer, wants Sting to be a regular television character. And that was something WWE was not keen on during his time at the company. So it's 
but he's still going to be protected, not going to take any bumps, things like that. Because, you know, the last bump he took was that title match against Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins messed up his spine. And it was also stated that, like, Sting wanted to have a cinematic match with Taker, and Vince was just, it never appealed to him. And I think that's what made Sting's like, you know what? All right, F it. I'm going to go to AEW. So, WWE pissing off someone else and a legend. And now Sting, I think, is he the only person who's been on WCW, TNA, WWE, and AEW? Um, I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's one of the Grand Slam guys because I think the only place he hasn't been so far is New Japan and Ring of Honor. Yeah, and you, and you talk about 2020 and returns you never saw coming. At the beginning of the year, one of the last places we had fans, Edge's return, return at the Royal Rumble, no one saw coming. That was great. And now we're ending the year with Sting's return, which no one saw coming. So it, it, it's a great... Like you said, it's been a great wrestling week for um, the wrestling world, and we and I do like it when December gets hot because that means January is going to get hotter because it's to start the new year. Oh yeah, and you know, like we talked last week or last podcast mm-hmm. was about the possibility. Since Taker was retiring, you know, we talked about. Sting and Taker, we did wrestling each other, and I said, like, I mean, like, I don't want to see that. I wanted to see that like ten years ago. I never even really thought about Sting and Taker doing like a cinematic match. Well, it's a so twenty twenty thing now. <laughs> like, I I never even thought about that possibility because I'll take that. I'll take that all day. I'll take that over a regular match. Yeah, agreed. That'd be oh, shut up and take my money. You can have it. All ninety nine worth of it, or nine ninety nine, have it all. I don't care. That would have been cool. I was who did not see Sting debuting, and he's already making a mark. Um, he set the record for most t shirts sold in twenty four hours uh, for pro wrestling tees, which blew my mind because I don't even think the t shirts he has on pro wrestling tees is even that impressive. But. What a wow factor. I mean, it's I mean, it's crazy. Like Twitter exploded and I was like, hold on. I had to flip. I was, and I was like, holy. And like, I had to go tell my friends, I'm like, Sting is. And they're like, no way. I was like, yes. And sending them the tweets. And I was like, dude, Sting is back. What the hell? Yeah, it, it's crazy. And like, like I said, like hearing Tony Schiavone say Sting is just, it, it's just right. It's like having, um, I'm trying to think of the guy that uh, always did the Edge, uh, the rated R superstar Edge. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, it's like when you have Gene doing the, and new WWF or W like that. Now it's like, get iconic voices like that. It's, yeah. It's wild. But man, wrestling's at its best when you don't see something coming. Nobody saw this coming. Absolutely nobody. Nobody. And anyone who says they did, they're lying. So we're gonna have to see what he does. He's speaking this Wednesday. Definitely gonna have the peep. And he's and a lot of people also said, uh, I guess the WWE marks is like, oh, look at 
AEW fans getting happy about a 60-whatever-year-old coming to their show, but they would hate when WWE does that. And and someone had, and then, of course, someone goes like, well, WWE would have someone like Sting or most, most recently Goldberg come back and beat your champion Kevin Owens one year, Bray Wyatt the next year, take the title from him just to drop it to a Brock Lesnar or who he was going to drop it to, Roman Reigns, but it had to be Braun Strowman. So. AEW will crack the code. They will do it right. I mean, I'm I'm betting they will. Yeah. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be AEW. They're going to crack the code on bringing back the the veterans, the legends, and they're not going to be a huge. They're not going to be the focal point. They're just going to help everyone along along, but do it right. That's it's it's going to be good. I if I'm putting my faith, if I'm putting my money on a company to do it right, it's got to be AEW. Yeah, it, it, it's wild, but we're going to have to see how it goes. Next thing we were going to hit on is, which we alluded to earlier in the podcast, CM Punk. Um, when, you know, when CM Punk talks, the wrestling world does listen. But he was giving praise to Pat McAfee. I don't know if I can call him NXT's Pat McAfee because I don't know if he's, like, really sorry. But he gave praise to him. He said a lot of... uh. He said Pat McAfee's a better promo than everyone on the show. And the everyone on the show should feel embarrassed because an outsider's coming in being a uh, the best promo. And CM Punk said that Pat McAfee to him was the best thing on NXT other than Rhea Ripley. So Jacob, oh, I guess two parter. Do you think right now Pat McAfee is the best promo in WWE? One hundred percent. I don't even think it, I don't even think it's close. Why do you think he's the best promo in the company right now? He's the most entertaining. He it sounds the most legit because the only other person I could think of, like who who is better than him on the mic right now? Like I'm thinking who's the hottest, who's the biggest draws right now. And I'm going, well, Roman is the biggest draw right now. Mm-hmm. Roman, Roman's been great. Yo, he's been really good on the mic with his, since he's went heel. Yeah. That being said, Roman is not as entertaining as Pat McAfee. I think I said this on the podcast a time or two ago. No, I forget which one. But I said Pat McAfee was such a heel. He turned the most heel stable in Undisputed Era into a face stable. Yes, you did. You did. Nobody else is doing that right now. Nobody. Pat McAfee is the best one. Uh-huh. Plus, all he does is talk for. I mean, since he's not a football player, what's he do for a living? He talks. He's got his own show. Mm-hmm. He better be like, I would hope he would be good on the microphone. No, he's next level. He should be teaching promo classes right now to everyone else. Here's my thing with CM Punk's comments. One, if you're a wrestler in the company, you should be reading that and you should be pissed off because Full-time talent always gets mad when part-time talent comes. They do better than them, 
and they leave and things like that. So if you're a full-time guy and you're reading that and you're like, oh, I can't have a part-timer be better than me. I, I can't even call him a part-timer. I don't know what to call him. But they should be taking that. If this was the old days, they'd be like, all right, you think he's better than me? Well, I'm going to have a promo. And the other thing with the promo, too, is I don't know how much produced he is by WWE. It's looking like he's having free reign, which anytime you have free reign in WWE is when you can have the best promos. So that's another thing, too. If he's getting free reign before some of these other people who are still getting handed their whole freaking scripts, then that's an issue, and they need to step it up. Part part of me hopes, in a way, that uh, I, it's it's a six and one, half dozen and the other. If he's getting, like, if they're handing him a script, damn, he's taking that script and absolutely killing it. That'd make it worse, in my opinion, too. Like, if he's getting that, if he's being true like a normal person and he's getting a script and he's killing it and making y'all look like idiots, you guys need to really reevaluate yourselves. But on the other hand, if he's, which I believe is the case, if he's just doing his own thing, writing his own scripts, WWE, what are you doing? Let him sp- just let everyone do their own speak. Like, let him speak. Sink or swim. Here's your chance. Here's five minutes. Go kill it. I mean, that's what that's what you do. I think right now, I think, especially, well, Becky's gone. She was good. I think he is the second best talker overall. In WWE, first promo, but second best, just because Paul Heyman's still there. So I can't. Yeah, true. I mean, Paul Heyman is, but does Paul speak that much anymore? He doesn't speak that much, but if I'm ranking everyone in the company, like right now, wrestling wise, just wrestlers, that's number one. It's it's not close. But if we're just doing overall, if Paul Heyman starts getting on that mic and starts going off, it's, I mean. God. Can can we fantasy book? Can we somehow get Pat McAfee versus Paul Heyman and just have a battle of the mics? <laughs> I mean, give me that as a main event at WrestleMania, and I would love it. I don't even care. That'd be so good. I mean, if Pat really, really, really took off, they find a way to get it. I don't know how, but they find a way to pay off everyone so he has an army against the tribal chief. And then you could have them going at it because I mean Roman's the biggest draw, and the other, and he's talking really well. So that'd be that'd be good. But it's just interesting comments. Anytime you hear those type of things, you always wonder what the full time talent is thinking. But to go from that, Triple H, I think heard our podcast two weeks ago because he did a recent interview, and he was talking about things like. Obviously, Rhea Ripley's trajectory because things changed because of COVID. Because there was no one besides Becky Lynch, there was no one hotter in 2019 than Rhea Ripley. The way she ended, like she was a supernova, and then it just died. And Triple H is saying this year is going to make her better for it. But he brought up the the question was brought up about working with other promotions. If you remember two weeks ago, I asked you, Jacob, if you think this could ever happen, and you were just like, no, not. And Triple H said, we are open to working with other promotions if it's right for the both of us. What did you think about that when you saw that? Well, when we talked about this on the last podcast, um, with do do I did I think that would happen? No, I you know 
I went from a hundred percent. It's not possible to 75%. It's not possible now That's a big because problem. things have changed because sting, you know, or not sting TNA and AEW are going to work together now. Yeah. Allegedly. So that's the biggest thing that's changed. And I think Triple H looked at that and went, ah, shit. <laughs> well, of, well, of course, of course, we're, we're open for business to work with other people. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we're all about as long as it works for both of us. Uh. Now, like, he's just saying whatever he can to try and get people to talk more about your NXT than AEW because AEW if you thought the ratings were the ratings war was bad before the ratings war, it's not, it, it wasn't much of a war before, but they just dropped a nuke on NXT. They did. They, 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 it's done. It's been done. It's really done. You have to do something now. Now, do I think it's going to happen? I still don't think it's going to happen. It might happen if they have like some dumb little tiny, indie promotion like maybe i'm trying to think who do you think a uh wwe would work with ring of honor because they got a lot of guys came from there so the connections there but i think the biggest worry with that is is i don't know if they would because ring of honor has way more free reign on letting the uh the wrestlers speak what they want to speak. I will also and that that would not fly in WWE. That wouldn't, but also to my thing with Ring of Honor with the connections. Ring of Honor, if you watch it, it is on Fox. So the Fox execs, if they they want to make something happen because WWE is on Fox. If Fox says, hey, I want you to do something with Ring of Honor, I think it could happen. They're both on the same network. Alright, so let's we're going we're we're going to play fantasy booking right now. Let's say WWE pairs up with Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor is paired up with New Japan. Yes, they are. I mean, we just had uh, Brody King versus Kenta mm-hmm. the other day in uh, Ring of Honor. So, does that mean New Japan gets in on this too? Well, if could we can- could we get Okada somehow in the WWE ring because they're going to team up with Ring of Honor? If this were to happen, it, you have to send your champion. So, I mean, whoever Roman's going against, he's going to win. But you got to send also people New Japan's familiar with. So you have to send Nakamura. So you can have a Nakamura versus Okada or an AJ Styles versus Okada match, which, as the saying says, take the money. So I, it would be it would be interesting. I think my biggest thing, my favorite thing is if you got all the promotions together. You say take your top three men, top three women, top three tag teams, and we just have a whole G1 style tournament and see who's the best of the best of all the wrestling promotions. That'd be that's it'd be be like the old NWA all over again. Yeah. I don't I don't oh man, I as much as I think that'd be cool to see. The question is who books it? Because nobody wants their top guy. To lose. lose. Yep. Now TNA would be willing to work business because they don't give a shit. They get more eyes on their product. They're like, that's just making us money. We do not care. One they don't care one bit. But man, could like seeing you know 
Kenny versus Roman versus right now it's Naito in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Like who who wins? Who how do you book that? How do you work that finish? Because each company is going to want them to, you know, their people to win it. And WWE is the biggest dog on the block. So, and they have the most money backing it. They have the most eyes. Therefore, you would have to think WWE's people would have to win. This yeah. is all fantasy booking right here. Yeah, but then you got to think of the things too of like WWE has USA and Fox in their corner. Uh, you could say Ring of Honor because it's on their station. TNA has TNT. So you're in those big execs too in a boardroom. And you know, they don't really care about the finishes, they care about making the money. Mm-hmm. So what what's going to get the most people on here? And I don't. In the perfect world, this happens. This happens. It would have to probably happen in America, probably at a AT and T Cowboy Stadium to have a hundred thousand people. Me personally, I have it there, or we could have it in the Tokyo Dome. So it it would be wild because then you're talking about you got you got to get some of the legends too. Like the dream matches, like we never thought Cena and Styles would happen. So you got to get like Cena versus Okada, like things, mm-hmm. like things like that. So then you got to see if they're going to come back, and then getting all those people and Cena would lose. So it's like because he would do business. Uh, if, we're, if we're gonna man, if if we're gonna get John Cena to come back to wrestle a New Japan person, I want to see him fight Tanahashi. Oh, because oh. he is the Cena of New Japan. Yeah, it will, he's yeah. the ace. It it'll be crazy, and then you got to be careful with like people like Chris Jericho because he's wrestled everybody in WWE. So you got to <laughs> so you got to make it fresh and things like that. It it would be wild, man. Like like if, if in a perfect world of AEW was going on, Don uh, now it's Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega's champ, and Tomasa Chapa pulls up and says, "You and me, title right now." Like Kenny Omega versus Tomasa Chapa, like. Dream that. Sign me up. No, we we could talk an entire podcast about this. One hundred percent. Yeah. So I know Triple H. I mean Triple H. To his credit, these past five, six, seven years when NFC's really taken off, he has been able to f- sign top talent that I never thought would be in WWE. Uh, he's been able to work behind the scenes, mending relationships with people who I never thought would come back. People like Ultimate Warrior, Bruno, uh, Goldberg, and signing Nakamura, getting AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Kevin Like He's been able to get these people. So I, I think it's going to be harder for Triple H to do that anymore, honestly. Oh, me too. And also because, like, I mean, you see the track record, only a select few actually make it in NXT and make it in WWE. Most make it in NXT because they have great booking. Then go to WWE and get forgotten about. The fact that I really sat there one year and Shinsuke Nakamura won the Royal Rumble and has never still been a WWE champion is wild. Oh, 100%. But there's other people who haven't won, but man, we can keep going. But that's really the last topic that we really had because it's just so interesting that Two weeks ago, we said no shot, and now we're just like Triple H is looking around, like oh, it's almost it's almost like an Avenger type thing. If AW is teaming up with other people, Triple H is like, yeah, I, I got to get a team too because we can't have every 
wrestling promotion working together and we're just sitting on the outside because we're going to just get smoked in ratings. Yeah, I, I, I remember uh, listening to Busted Open Radio a long time ago, back when AEW first started. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, Bully Ray said on there that AEW should, like, you know, after they get established, they need to team up, you know, with all these other promotions. Because are you going to be able to take down WWE? No. It's, it's not, it's not going to happen. No, they build up it, too much equity. Yeah, they, it's, they're, they pretty much have the monopoly on it. But if you team up with all these other people, you can't take them down. But you can essentially go like, hey, this is my side of the street. That is your side of the street. We just have four people on our side. It's just you. Don't cross the line. And we're, it's looking like that, what I heard over a year ago, is now going to happen. It's, man, it's wild. <laughs> it is it's good shit. I'll even step it up even further with if with Kenny going to TNA Tuesday, which when you hear that as a wrestling fan, you're like, damn it, I have to watch TNA on Tuesday or pay attention on like social media to see what happens. But let's say they're working together. New Japan, we already know their stuff. Now, if they're really all working together, they could all be included in like the AEW video game. Oh, I'd never even thought of that. So you have New Japan, T- and TNA all in this video game, and you're just like, well, you could get this video game that has like five billion promotion, or you can get WWE video game that really hasn't changed in the past couple of years. So think about that type of monopoly. Oof. Take my money. People in the states will be able to get their controllers and play as freaking Okada and Moxley and. Omega and, and it not be a creator wrestler. No, not be a creator. It'll be the real deal. And then you have you get to have arenas like Tokyo Dome that you're playing on your six on your big screen TV. Like it'd be wild. Oh man, that'd be great. I never even thought about that. If you could if you could work that together, absolutely. Yeah, but that we're definitely gonna have to dedicate just a whole podcast on that because we could really keep going with how we would how this could work contract wise, oh. everything. Oh, it's, it's big, big things are happening in the wrestling world. Like, yeah. And then stuff we never thought would happen. It's happening. It's awesome. Yeah. And then on a smaller note, before we close, uh, for, you know, only fan star, Selena Vega, just kidding. Former WWE star. <laughs> posted. A couple days ago that on Saturday, she was having a big Among Us game, you know, very popular game that you do with your friends. And she had people from WWE everywhere. She had Hall of Fame Alita. She had Renee. She had Paige, which I don't know if Paige is just asking to get fired at this moment, but whatever. Uh, Other people. And then the name that no one has seen in almost like two years, Ronda Rousey, part of the stream. I, I didn't watch the stream just because I couldn't at the time, but just seeing Ronda on there, I wonder if there was any wrestling questions asked to her while she was streaming. I I did not watch it. I did see uh, Ronda posted on Paige's uh, Instagram. I think they all posted, posted like, hey, we're doing a stream, yeah. you know? And I remember I seen Ronda Rousey posted on Paige's Instagram like, oh, that was so much fun or whatever. And I'm just like, Damn, Paige. Paige don't give a shit. No, no. And the truth of the matter is, 
WWE, I don't think they want to, they don't want to lose her. Her not even wrestling for as long as she has, she's still a bigger name than, well, anybody on the AEW women's roster. I don't, so yeah, I don't think they want to lose, I don't think they want to lose her. And I think she's just like, ah, screw it. What are you going to do? Tell me I can't wrestle, fire me. Who cares? I mean, she did get a real movie based on her life made by The Rock fighting for my family. So she's, Paige is one of those people. She survived the sex tape. She survived the domestic relationship with Alberto Del Rio. So, I mean, she survived a lot of stuff to still be employed and fair or not. So, I mean, she's probably at this point like, man, I've, I've gone through so much stuff with this company. So let's just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, it really Jacob, anything else you got before we sign out today, man? This was a right after pay-per-view podcast, our first one ever, and there was a lot to talk about these couple weeks. So what what do you anything else, man? I, I know I just, we were just like praising and just had a big old stint about AEW. There's something I want to say in the back to the women's war games match. Yeah. In the first 10 minutes alone, hell, in the first five minutes alone, there was more talent in the ring with two to three women in the NXT ring than there was in the entire AEW women's roster. Yeah. Yeah. AEW, get on your shit and fix the freaking women's division over there. That's, I think, something else I'm very... I pretty sure we said it earlier i'm very excited about them teaming up with tna for the love of god throw the knockouts division in there they have more name brand talent than aew has agreed and wwe it seems like like currently right now their women are more well we'll see what selena vega does i think she's going to AEW, but their women are extremely loyal to WWE, especially the ones who trained in NXT, made out like the four horsewomen, like all of them, they're extremely loyal. But you brought up the women, I mean, the hottest free agent in wrestling right now is a woman, and she's still not signed. Uh, Tessa? Yeah. Yep. I know she she has baggage. She does some stuff, but she's the hottest signee right now. She's still free agent. So, I mean, if she would boast AEW's women's thing, but to a pretty high level. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And her dad mm-hmm. works for AEW. So, oh, man, I have. Man, I, I don't know why nobody signed her yet. Like you said, she's got baggage. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of baggage, but I ain't gonna lie. That's so much potential with that baggage. Like, do you bite the bullet and just say, like, just have a specific contract? You know, like, hey, like, this is what we're going to allow. Like, this is the deal. Like, if you do this, this, or this, here's your three strikes and you're out deal or whatever they're going to do. Um, because I I would I'd fork out money let, hand over foot if I'm a wrestling promotion to get her right now. I'm AW right now. I'm I signed Tessa, and then honestly, the only person who hasn't wrestled in a while, I'm going to Chicago, and I'm knocking on AJ's door and asking, how much do you want? Oof. Oof, yeah. 
I mean, I don't know what Sting's getting paid for his for his new contract. Mm-hmm. I imagine to get AJ Lee, it's going to be more. Yeah, because she hasn't wrestled since WrestleMania 31, where she, one of the few people who got to retire on her own terms and go out on a win. So I, I don't know if the passion's there for but I'm just thinking of young people who are probably still in their physical prime that and you go get you get Tessa and AJ you have your two top women for years to come and you can have them go at it like a Charlotte uh Oscar Charlotte uh Sasha any of those things or you have one of them champ and then they elevate your talent because whenever one of those people on AW pins one of those two a star is going to be born yep you you throw you you want to elevate Britt Baker, who's the biggest name in AEW's women's division? I'd say Brandy Rhodes, just because, you know. Oh, yeah, Brandy. <laughs> yeah. But does she even, is she even, like, wrestling? Because uh, I don't think, she's not really, not, she's more of a backstage person or a, a promo work person. She really doesn't wrestle that much. But I, I'd say pure, pure wrestler, I think it's still Britt Baker. And as much as I know Britt Baker and I'm a, and I know, you know, Britt Baker, a lot of people do not know Britt Baker. No, Britt Baker, MD. Yes. Yes. Go over to Pittsburgh, get your teeth taken care of. She'll, she'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, uh, that's a whole, those are the two. I'm, Cause you can realistically get Tessa and then you just have to bring the brain truck to Chicago. <laughs> You got you fit a lot of money in those Brinks trucks. You got I know. You TNT money, so figure it out. You need to get some better women. They can't all just be in w, WWE, NXT, or or uh, or yeah, or TNA. Because you're gonna get to a point too where these women, I mean, there's still people coming up, and they'll leave. But you gotta hurry up because I mean, NXT already has their next set of women. Do remember the Rock's daughter is on the NXT roster? Yeah, yeah, I, I actually I kind of forgot about that because they quit talking about her for mm-hmm. a month. You know, for because they talked about her for a month straight, constantly when they signed her. Like WWE signed the Rock's daughter. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, but whenever she starts wrestling, and and they have other people too, like Brandy, Lauren, whatever her name. Like they got a lot of women who don't even wrestle that much that are waiting in the rings, but. Just imagine when AEW is getting their uh, women's division on track, and five, six, seven years ago from now, Rock's daughter wins the title. That is going to be on every news station on planet Earth. Oh, yeah. And she'll do it by taking, and eventually it's going to be her and Charlotte at Mania, the main event Mania. It'll be Charlotte's retirement match. Yep. Because then you have a reason. To have Rock show up on WWE programming, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, because then he'll start talking the bloodline things like that. But yeah, that's that's a whole other thing. But man, what an episode, man! That oh, it's, it's been good. It's been wild. It's been fun. And there's been so much. And when we do these every two weeks, we always like, man, what are we going to talk about? And then wrestling never lets you down. Never. It's it's, it's constant. And it's wonderful. Yeah, man, but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to see because we're gonna have to work the calendar as uh, I've talked on previous episodes at time of this recording that might be out 
when you listen to this. We're obviously planning our first end of year podcast where we try and get all the contributors to the podcast just on one end of year thing to talk about the successes we've had and just ask some general questions. And it's typically that one right now is looking like it's usually around the time we do our bi weekly wrestling one. So we might have to hit you with a double whammy and come with and send another wrestling pod to you guys by next week, depending on what Sting says. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, you're talking to the number one champ of uh, the L7C podcast right here. Yep, you Most are. Most consistent you person you got. That, that, is, that is true. That is true. But we'll, we'll let you guys know. You'll you'll see the episodes. It will go from there. Jacob, anything else before we sign off, man? No, no. Hey, thank you to everyone who, you know, continues to listen to the podcast. I'll make sure my promotional work is a lot better than my last week's one. <laughs> um, I, I let all the listeners down. We're going to change that on this one. Um, sh- shout out to uh, Justin for constantly fixing our streams. And uh, Martin, thanks for always bringing me on here and let me run my mouth for an hour. Hey, no problem, man. Two weeks of wrestling. You can technically, we could technically go two more hours if we really wanted to. So, all day. But all right, guys. Thank you for listening to the L7Z podcast. Thank you, Jacob, for being on. You guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C Podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.